0: Thomas, you seem particularly triggered right now. Can you tell me what happened? I've had dreams that weren't just dreams. Am I crazy? We don't use that word in here.
1: Hello and welcome to the Weekly Real Podcast. My name is Ken and my name is Jeremy. And uh, first of all, I mean, we are recording this episode on New Year's Day. So
0: before we begin, Jeremy, just wanted to wish you a happy New Year. Happy New Year, dude! It doesn't feel like a New Year. (laughs) (laughs) I know it today
1: just felt like any normal Saturday morning for me, and I was just like, "Wow, okay." I guess it's 2022. Yeah, it's 2022. It's, uh, at least it's sunny outside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, well, we're in the Bay Area. And, I mean, we got a lot of uh, much-needed rain um, this past week. Actually, the past couple of weeks. But, uh, man, today's is uh, gorgeous. And so, uh, definitely, hopefully after this... Uh, probably just at
0: least get a little bit of outdoor time right yeah just a little bit of sunshine before we uh before i go back to playing more halo infinite <laughs> so <laughs> exactly uh i'll probably
1: uh you know probably watch more uh shows that i've been meaning to start uh or even continue uh, and i'll probably get to that in just a bit and so uh again on behalf of jeremy i just want to wish a happy new year happy 2022 to all of our listeners out there And so, this week, we are taking the red pill and returning to a bit of nostalgia as we talk about The Matrix Resurrections. And I almost said revolutions again, but it is The Matrix Resurrections which just came out, um, actually, not too long ago. I guess last month, technically now, mm-hmm. um, right before Christmas. And so, uh, before we talk about the Matrix resurrections, let's warm up with our podcast ritual. And for those of you who are checking out for the, uh, checking us out for the first time, you know if you guys che- are checking out new podcasts for the new year, uh, we like to warm up with every episode by talking about a notable movie or TV show that we've watched uh, within the last
0: week. So, Jeremy, what uh, what do you want to share? Because I know we were talking about this offline that. I don't really watch too many comedy movies and it, it, I'll just mention it right now. It's, it's the other guys. Oh! <laughs> I've never seen the other guys before. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, oh my Um,
1: when you mention the other guys, I'm already thinking about the red Prius. <laughs>
0: yeah. 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 It's like, <laughs> and one of our friends, uh, Jacob, he's been on the show before, drives a red Prius. Now I can't look at it the same. <laughs> Oh man, why did why did he have to get in in red also? Um, but yeah, that movie is is really funny. I think that's that's more my uh, comedy. You know, what I mean? it's not too crazy in terms of like raunchiness, but it's there's some stuff in there. But it's like uh, I love recurring gags also in movies, yes. and I love when Mark Wahlberg it's not it's not too much of a spoiler keeps trying to, like hit on Will Ferrell's. Um, on his wife, just only talking to her. (laughs) Yeah. It's like the whole time whenever she's there, I thought that was hella funny. Just recurring uh, gag throughout the movie.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, I remember when I watched the other guys, I I don't know which one. Actually, do you remember what year it came out? I think uh, 2010. Yeah. See 2010. So for sure it was uh, uh, after um, the departed came out. And Mm. so, I remember watching this movie for the first time and just remember thinking of his character, uh, Dignam, in The Departed, but a satirical version of that. Uh, and, and I think that's why I, I always think that's an underrated Will Ferrell movie, underrated Mark Wahlberg movie, because I just it's, it's, it's a fun time. And there's so many memorable moments.
0: Yeah, especially freaking The Rock and Samuel Jackson. <laughs> yeah, their are uh, I guess rival team or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. I can't believe I went, I've gone this long without watching this movie. <laughs> so it's like I'm glad I finally got to check it out before uh, the new year, pretty much. Yeah, I'm finally glad that you're able to check it out too. Where where's it streaming? Where did you watch it on? I had to rent it on YouTube. I was like, oh, it's like, I already know it's going to be good. So I was like, it's uh-huh. it's worth the rent. Okay. Yeah. Cause I
1: know for a fact, and obviously I haven't checked it out in a while cause I haven't seen it in years, but usually it is out on Netflix. Mm-hmm. So I'm surprised that it's not uh, on there now, but yeah, you could definitely rent it. It's a good time. Uh, Hulu usually will have it uh, every so often. So yeah, I'm glad you were able to watch <laughs> it and enjoy
0: it. It's so good, right? Yeah, it is hella good, man. Like Mark Wahlberg and Will Ferrell. It's hell funny. I,
1: I'm surprised they didn't, never came out with the other guys, too. Uh, part two. So. It's not too late. I know. It definitely isn't. It definitely isn't. Uh, well, for, for me this week, um, you know, I, you, I think this past week, especially during the holidays, I think I mentioned it to you offline. I was watching a lot of Christmas movies just because, um, you know, I I did catch a cold recently and you guys probably noticed that I sounded really nasally on our last edition of the newsreel. I sound a little nasally now, (laughs) Uh, but (laughs) I was watching a lot of Christmas movies. Uh, I'm not going to be sharing one of those yet, but I got really nostalgic in wanting to do that whole thing. And so, like, I was like, okay, maybe I should share something brand new since it's a new year, 2022. It's our first episode of 2022. So, I decided to watch a show that is actually still ongoing. It's on HBO Max. And uh, for those of you who know, we're still not sponsored by HBO Max. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. Uh, But, yeah, HBO Max, you've been good to us since we've started this podcast. I wanted to share that I started uh, one episode of Station Eleven.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah. And the reason why I started is because, you know, I do follow, um, you know, just various uh, entertainment outlets, pop culture, like um, podcasters or, or columnists or bloggers or whatever. And... This is a show that has been kind of on my timeline that, that I would see. But, you know, I haven't really actually looked too much into it. But it, it's just been kind of in the back of my mind. And so Station Eleven stars Himesh Patel uh, mm. from the movie Yesterday. And he had like a, a side, uh, what do you call it, a supporting character. He was a supporting character in Tenet. The, the Indian guy? Yep. Um, and it also stars Mackenzie Davis, uh, who was uh, one of the Terminators in Terminator Dark Fate. The really I tall blonde yeah. one. Yeah, I yeah. remember. <laughs> yeah, so uh, it was cool to be able to see some familiar faces. Um, again, it's still ongoing. There's like three more episodes, uh, according to IMDb, that haven't aired yet. Um, I've only seen the pilot, but man, I'm loving the premise already. I don't want to spoil it because mm. I went in real you know like not knowing much about the show and by not knowing that much and obviously episode one will reveal what the the basic premise of the show is it's just good just finding that out while you're watching it as as you're watching the episode develop so uh no spoilers for me but all i'll say is the story is pretty
0: relatable to a lot of people and that's all i'll say very vague okay um because i was almost gonna ask you what the premise was but mm-hmm. and then I was like, okay, okay, now I won't ask. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll go on IMDb. I'm like, okay, don't do that either. <laughs> just, you know, what, just literally just wa- just jump straight into it. Um,
1: I would highly recommend this first episode because after the sh- the episode aired, that you know how they'll um, HBO Max will usually do a whole oh um, on episodes to follow. They'll give you a quick little trailer of what to kind of expect because i'm like oh man this show looks like it's one of those where i think you'll appreciate it because there's certain elements of the show Mm -hmm. that you will like and that's all i'll say again very vague but i'm loving the first episode actually after we get done here after i get a little bit of outdoor time this will be the show that i'll be binging this weekend
0: Ooh, okay station 11 yeah
1: station 11 just started So uh, before we get into uh, the Matrix Resurrections, let's do a little bit of episode cleanup. And then so last week, episode 53, we did talk about the biggest movie of 2021 by far, uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. I mean, again, it was our biggest podcast to date. Um, So we did run a poll this past Tuesday. Jeremy, do you want to let
0: the audience know what it was? Yeah, so the poll that we ran on our our social media was which Spider-Man movie was your favorite? And the four choices that we had was Spider-Man 2002, Spider-Man 2 from 2004, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, and Spider-Man No Way Home. And then we also had an option there where you can write in, vote, or comment, or whatever. Uh, But with 60%, Spider-Man... No way home actually took the cake. Mm. and uh, I'm not too surprised though, sixty percent. So that's uh it's a good good bit of variance right there,
1: yeah, because I mean, it is um obviously it's it's still going strong at the box mm-hmm. the, the box office. I want to say uh, other movies that came out right around Christmas, like Matrix Resurrections or the The New King's Man. Suffered because of how much of a phenomenon Spider-Man No Way Home was at, at the box office, and it didn't help that the 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 new variant, um, not the Loki variant, but the omarion <laughs> variant, uh, was kind of at a at the forefront. So people were only risking their lives to watch Spider-Man No Way
0: Home. <laughs> yeah, I mean, especially if they know it's already good. So yeah, exactly. I mean.
1: Word of mouth, obviously mm-hmm. a good Rotten Tomato score and everything, and um, but yeah, it's the shiny new toy. We've discussed that on the pod, uh, and I'm not surprised at all about the poll, poll results. But um, actually, who was uh, who was second? Without revealing uh, the percentage, just out of curiosity, Spider-Man Two, Two, uh, Not Far From Home, <laughs> 2004. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, that's not surprising because those are actually our top two.
0: But I mean, just flipped, right? yeah that's yeah my top one is still spider-man 2 at least for now maybe give it another decade (laughs) i don't know and give a proper proper score but at least right now that's mine yeah
1: you can't go wrong really for me it was 1 and 1a so i love both movies to date it'll be like that probably for a very very long time so just want to remind the audience that we do run these polls every tuesday following our main show um where can they vote on these polls moving forward?
0: Yeah, so the polls will be ran on our Twitter and Instagram every Tuesday at Weekly Reel.
1: Yes, every Tuesday at Weekly Reel. So we want to make it easier for you same handle across the board. Anyway, so this week we catch up with Neo as he senses that something is off in his world. Events within the movie, lead him to making the decision to follow the White Rabbit down the hole in a 2021 follow-up to the original Matrix trilogy, The Matrix Resurrections. And so, uh, again, like every other episode, we want to issue our spoiler warning, even if it is an old movie. This particular movie is completely new. It's currently out now in theaters and available to stream now on HBO Max. Uh, but the caveat is it's only available on the ad-free plan. And so uh, let's get right into the double feature, Jeremy. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And again, uh, the double feature, for those of you who are checking us out for the first time, the double feature is where I come up with a topic or question uh, that Jeremy doesn't know, and he has one for me. And so for my half of the double feature, I wanted to mention that the Matrix Resurrections was chock full of callbacks to the original trilogy through references and dialogues and, and, and dialogue and, and straight up cutscenes uh, from <laughs> yeah. the actual footage. You know, it was like uh, pretty I was caught off guard at how many actual um, scenes that they actually showed. So my question for my half of the double feature is what was your favorite callback? And it could be a reference to the original trilogy or a remake of the whatever callback. It
0: could be either or. Ooh, that's the tough one. I really like um, the kung fu scene. You know, that that callback. You know, because it happens pretty early on in the first Matrix when he's with, you know, I guess now the old morpheus you know um it just like gave me those kung fu vibes again just him sitting in that um i guess dojo once again and i was like oh man this is honestly like the the new resurrections kung fu dojo scene wasn't as good not as memorable Right. But just right off the bat, when I saw that happen in the trailer and I knew that obviously it was gonna be in the movie, it just gave me flashbacks to that first scene when, you know, he Neo's learning like Kung Fu for the first time.
1: Yeah, I I agree with you. It wasn't as good as the first one, but I did like how they updated the setting. It was yeah. gorgeous. The way the cinematography was, where it was just in that dojo in the middle of a what lake or something like that. Yeah, yeah and obviously you know spoiler we're already ta- we already issued the spoiler warning but i love how neo at the end because he's starting to kind of realize his powers again like literally obliterates uh new morpheus and the dojo <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah <'Cause laughs> that was I, pretty crazy i was like yeah he just kept using his um telekinesis powers or whatever power things um like throughout the whole movie like i At the end of the movie, I was surprised. I'm like, did Neo fire a gun out, (laughs) actually? I was like... I don't think he did. (laughs) I don't think so. I was kind of disappointed that he didn't, because I wanted, you know, more bullet stuff with Neo. But I get it. He's kind of, like, overpowered now. He he is. He was just... He was basically using his Jedi powers. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Because he... That's what he basically is. He's a Jedi now.
1: Yeah. And... and you know, I'm I'm guessing, and I don't know if you saw like the little Easter egg that the uh, the director of John Wick played the
0: uh, what Chaz? Yeah, uh, was it was Chaz, Chaz or Chad? I think it's Chad. 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 Sorry, it was Chad. No, you. It has to be Chad. Of course, it <laughs> has to be. But yeah, he plays the the um, I guess fake husband.
1: Yeah, well, whose name Chad Who was? Because uh, his name is actual Chad Actually, Chad. Oh, it in is real life. I didn't yeah. know that. But Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That, that's was, interesting though yeah so they're saving all the I guess the, the gun firing for John Wick 4 in 2023 <laughs> darn that's too long dude <laughs> I know well they, they're they're just drumming up the whole thing because I, for a while there it did look like we were watching an, uh, uh, the next John Wick especially kind of at the end when you know with the dark setting and everything and the chaos happening we'll, we'll definitely talk about that scene later on but my favorite callback has to be the opening scene mm. I was surprised at how much it grabbed me I was like wait I know that they introduced uh bugs and then they introduced what we thought would be maybe an updated new agent Smith in yeah. um Yaya um but I was just like whoa uh no pun intended with <laughs> with the whole <laughs> with the whole Keanu with this whoa, whoa. When, when they did <laughs> it <did, laughs> oh man but when they actually just opened this the uh uh resurrections basically the way they open the matrix mm-hmm. I was like oh here we go and it was like it was familiar but there was things slightly different because obviously we find out that it was a part of uh what,
0: what do they call it again um yeah like are you you're talking about the game right or the yeah the the company thing she- yeah the,
1: there was a word for it it was, the, uh, it was the modal, actually. Um, and so it was like watching it. And for me, personally, it it grabbed my attention right away because there was like subtle differences. First of all, I was like, oh, is this tr- uh, like old footage of Trinity from the original? Or is it even like actual like present day Trinity? Because you, you can only see the back of her head. Yeah. Turned out to be like a completely different actress. But... Yeah, it was it was pretty cool to kind of revisit that opener but kind of cleaned up and updated for 2021 and then obviously there were the key differences and it you know it was a pretty cool way to uh, of introducing two of the main characters in Bugs and who we've later find out as to
0: be updated new Morpheus. Mhm. That was definitely a good scene. Like even just with um I Guess would faux, faux trinity. I guess, <laughs> yeah, it's like you, like have the whole outfit and everything, and it just turns out to be part of um Neo's modal pretty much like this yeah. new code that he's doing.
1: And they and they use like actual dialogue from that opening scene of the Matrix, and because, like, yeah, when when um, I guess fake. Uh, Smith, Agent Smith comes back, yeah. and, you know, yeah, yeah. And I was like, he was quoting, I was like, oh, they're already dead. Like go talk about the police that are in there with, uh, with faux Trinity. I was mm. like, oh dude, it got me hyped actually for the movie and got me hopeful. I was like, man, this movie might be an all timer. I mean, it wasn't, but, um, but it, it got the movie started off on the right foot for me
0: anyway. Yeah. It definitely brought back the nostalgia like right away. Mm-hmm. So that it definitely good had a good first step, but we'll see like for the rest <laughs> of the movie, we'll d- definitely get into <laughs> yeah. that. Exactly. Uh so for my question for the double feature, I actually I want to know how you feel um about Neo's like resurrection because obviously I guess spoiler alert for um <laughs> Revolutions. Okay, I have to think about it. <laughs> revolutions. Yeah, yeah. You know, Revolution, he's supposed to be yeah. dead, right? He makes a sacrifice. Um so, obviously, this is called Resurrections. He comes back. And how did you feel about him being in, the, like, the this new version of, like, he's back, and he's, like, a game designer in this really, like, meta world? <laughs> Dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like. Yeah. Like, did, did you feel like it was, uh, that was a cool little uh, story thing? Or did you find it, like, off-putting? Um, I thought it was actually pretty cool. It's one of the
1: things, I don't know if you agree with me, but I thought it was a fun way of reintroducing um, something that was familiar. Obviously, it's been 18 years since Revolutions. And um, the entire time in the back of my uh, mind, and, and I, I don't think I've mentioned it yet on this episode anyway, I went through the actual rewatch. I I got to rewatch the the original trilogy before finally watching Resurrections and so it was really fresh in my mind. And so the entire time uh especially before, you know, the reveal of, you know, the entire plot uh especially as it relates to Neo, I was just trying to figure out okay, where are we? I was just really just trying to think of like, hey, what what is going on? Obviously like this isn't full reality, but was the original trilogy like a dream? Yeah. I was like yes, <laughs> trying to think of every sad. different scenario <laughs> of like, oh, whoa, what is going on, you know? Mm-hmm. And for me, I like that aspect of you know, when a, whenever a movie actually makes me think, because you know, when you're thinking of the Matrix, it's gonna be a, a you know, like a mind fuck already, mm-hmm. and so I felt like this was their version of it. It helped that they had a lot of meta jokes and stuff about it because you know they had it as far as a setting uh within a video game company or whatever I was like man uh, is did everything that we saw um in the first three films was that all just like
0: complete bullshit or what yeah <laughs> i thought it was the, uh, i i feel like you uh for the most part i did like it uh, there were some things I was like, oh, it's, a, it's a little on the nose, like, oh, they're just using nostalgia bait, like yeah, basically yeah. showing same footage from like the <laughs> first movie and all that stuff, first three. And uh, I was like, yeah, it feels like they're just pandering a little bit. But they at were. the same time, yeah. Um, but at the same time, it, I did like how it's like, it makes you question because I did have that same feeling where it's like uh did that actually happen or what and, but i like how the world that we see that neo's in is basically there to like trap him mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. his like little world and keep him contained pretty much right cuz i mean
1: later on uh, a little bit later on um after the whole like video game like dialogue scenes you get to actually see his uh interactions with uh with Doogie Hauser with the analyst, uh, who, you know, we find out who the analyst is. And, you know, he's prescribing drugs, and you see, it's like, oh, he's taking blue pills. I was mm. like, oh, so this is what a blue pill actually looks like, because we didn't really see that in the trilogy. It was always, oh, he chose the red pill, and then you get to see uh, where all the action kind of, like, takes place and everything. So you got to finally see... The actions of taking blue pills.
0: Yeah, apparently if you take a bl- uh, blue pill, you'll just end up in the bathtub by yourself with a rubber ducky on top of your head. <laughs> <laughs> I had to mention that because I was dying when I saw that shot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, theater. my God.
1: Oh, so good. Oh, by the way, since you mentioned I and I completely forgot that you and your brother did see this movie in the theater. For me, um, again, I didn't want to spread whatever variant I had. Um, I ended up having to, you know, settle for watching it on HBO Max. How was how was your um, your crowd?
0: Uh, I think they were also very confused. For them, I, they were not like screaming or anything. Like they they weren't getting too hot. They, everyone was pretty calm, and it was. I did have a crying baby in mine for some oh. reason. <laughs> I was like, I just, like it was like a very infant child. I was yeah. like, uh, I don't know if they want to watch the Matrix at. 8:30 at night, but whatever. <laughs> but at the same time, like it didn't bother me too much just cuz the baby actually like stopped crying, but it was a pretty okay. good experience. It was calming. Didn't get too distracted.
1: Okay. It wasn't it wasn't as bad as our F9. Uh, oh yeah, F9. yeah.
0: Not not the <laughs> freaking splashing waterfall vomit that wasn't on to my right of F9. Yeah, definitely not that.
1: Uh definitely one of those random moments in 2021. <laughs> but we digress. We digress, but um Yeah, it was. uh, Yeah, I I did enjoy the it, but you could definitely tell because there was so much time that had passed between the original trilogy and uh, Resurrections. They really wanted to as uh, efficient as possible. Even though it was a two and a half hour movie, they wanted to just make sure that people remembered certain parts of it and that's why they uh basically said here audience this is what we're referring to and here are the different parallels in this uh blue pill reality that um neo's in right now
0: yeah and speaking of how like meta the movie was do you remember when they were like oh warner brothers wants us to make the matrix 4 (laughs) and uh it's like they're we you know they wanted to make it like no matter what even if we're not working on it i was like Is someone really like? Is someone trying to call out for help? Whoever (laughs) is making this movie, like, how do you like? How do you feel? Do you feel like this movie was like they really wanted to make it, or do you feel like it was like a cash grab?
1: (laughs) I want to say a little bit of both, in that there were certain people that wanted to do, um, they wanted to make the movie, but definitely they wanted the cash grab for sure. Uh, I. I guess I want to, I guess, commend them in that, you know, trying to resurrect the franchise 18 years later. Yeah. It had a lot to do. You know, they had a lot to do. It, it wasn't just like, oh, you know, we'll just make another movie or whatever. Um, yeah, I'm thinking uh, Mission Impossible. Remember when when uh, Ghost Protocol came out? Mm-hmm. It was kind of like a little bit of a reboot for the, the next trilogy, but only... How many years passed? Uh, it was like five years? Yeah, six years,
0: I think, from six 2006 six? to 2012. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah, no, since, no, you're right. 11, sorry. Yeah, it was five years.
1: It was five years, right? So it was still kind of in the back of your mind. This is a, almost <laughs> two decades. Yeah. And so they had to do a lot of heavy lifting. That's why there was a lot of exposition That's in true. you know trying to relate the, the old trilogy, try to connect it with. It looks like they're going to try to make another, maybe trilogy, potentially. Uh, it got off on the wrong foot, money wise, but yep. but we'll figure, we'll see. Um, but um, I want to say that, uh, yeah, it was more of a more cash grab. If 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 I had to, you know, do a percentage, yeah,
0: <laughs> I would liken this to the Terminator franchise. Now, I, I like, mm. I guess, uh, overall thoughts kind of spilling into this part. Um, You know, I didn't mind the movie, yeah. But it, in a way, I felt disappointed because it had um, so much more potential. And now I kind of feel like, now I feel how Terminator fans feel about like some of the reboot movies. (laughs) Yeah, because I personally, for me, I like uh, even I like all the Terminator movies honestly. Um, But now I feel like more disappointed. Maybe now I understand the people that don't like the new Terminator movies. Mm, yeah, I could see that. I feel
1: like similar, like, I guess, fans, I guess, of uh, of either franchise. Um, I guess I will mention that for me, just doing the re- uh, rewatch, the second movie definitely was better than the third. The third one was awful. Straight up, like, garbage to me. Dang. Just rewatching it. I was just like, <laughs> man, this is horrible. And I could have seen them just leaving that alone. Definitely Resurrections isn't the worst movie because that was uh, reserved for the third one.
0: Mm.
1: Kind of a spoiler for later on. I think I may have liked Resurrections more than Reloaded. Oh, I think. Yeah. Because I think Reloaded... Seemed like kind of a cash grab, but man, I was like, there were some real awful parts of Reloaded <laughs> that I just did not like and care for. It was just like, ugh, kind of cringy. Okay, and the fact that it's now 18 years later from watching Reloaded, I was like, it didn't age well. So I think that that's kind of where I'm kind of framing the original trilogy. So it really, I didn't have a high bar to set. I think it cleared both of them. Uh, the actually the sequel, the two sequels, I should say.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Like, I can definitely see that. <laughs> I can see that. It's like it's, yeah, like you said, not a high bar.
1: <laughs> exactly. And then we'll definitely get into like specifics uh, within the movie a little bit later. But this is a part of the uh, the episode where we like to involve you guys, the audience. And so uh, this week's, uh, I guess, audience question is, and I think we talked uh, and confirmed, I think Jeremy confirmed my suspicions. This is our first Keanu Reeves movie. And so we wanted to ask you guys, what is your favorite Keanu Reeves movie? Uh did you have a? do you actually have
0: a favorite? Uh I don't think this would be my favorite, but I think this is the one I watched the most. Uh the replacements. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <But, laughs> oh my gosh,
0: I forgot about that movie. Uh but in, in reality though, uh John Wick is my favorite oh my god I'm glad
1: you mentioned you mentioned the replay I completely oh, forgot shoot. and that's like one of my I want to I want to rewatch that movie so bad now that you mention it it's so good Freaking Shane Falco yeah
0: Shane Shane Falco Falco Holy especially crap.
1: since we uh, again spoiler alert for Spider-Man No Way Home we got the kicker yeah <laughs> from the replacements as a, a reprising his role as Doc Connors you have to kick so it good. above the bar because <laughs> he's wily he's wiry. oh my god well I will say something similar. John Wick Two is actually my favorite, but I want to mention Speed. That Mm. I think Speed is actually the movie that I've watched the absolute most. Um, Similar to (laughs) you and the Replacements, Uh, just because obviously I have more years on you, and I felt like Speed was just constantly on TV all the time. And all I think about is Pop, (laughs) Pop Quiz, Hot Shot.
0: (laughs) oh the acting is so
1: good especially since we get harry um harry Dunn in the movie as well yeah (laughs) (laughs) but yes so if you want to let us know what your favorite keanu reeves movie is definitely uh dm us on twitter and instagram again uh what are those uh, what's our handle again it's at weekly real yes and if you want to uh submit more of a i guess more of a list and uh more of a longer explanation of why you think uh, a particular Keanu Reeves uh, Keanu Reeves movie is your favorite uh you can send us an email and uh again you want to provide our
0: audience what the email address is for 2022 uh and I th- I lost my note from last week uh, I think I remember it though it's twreal with a z at gmail.com <laughs> At
1: gmail.com wait on your notes how many z's do you actually have just just one. Oh, it's one z <laughs> yeah, oh, okay one z. you know what
0: you gotta temper that a little bit
1: yeah one z okay you know what it's actually not one z actually there's no z's oh. because that's completely wrong <laughs> it's weekly pod at gmail.com so jeremy let's take a quick break All right. Welcome back from the break. And so Jeremy, um, I mean, it's 2022. Let's uh, give out our first batch of Weekly Reel Awards for the brand new year. And again, for those of you checking us out, uh, I guess for the first time, uh, the Weekly Reel Awards is kind of like our version of the MTV Movie Awards where we try to have and think of like fun awards to kind of, you know, just uh, spice things up with Um, so that we could kind of drive the discussion in uh, terms of, you know, different aspects of the movie. And so we like to kind of rotate these awards a little bit. And so uh, the first award that we would like to hand out for The Matrix Resurrections is the Does Anyone Want to Get Out Award uh, for Best Action Sequence. So, uh, Jeremy, who's your winner or what seems your winner?
0: Uh, Mine's going to be the Neo versus agent smith the new agent smith i have to say mm. uh a freaking Holden Ford from <laughs> uh mine hunter <laughs> that's what i just <laughs> remember him from uh so i thought that was a, the probably the best action sequence of the movie for me just because it was utilizing it like i can't really see uh jonathan groff too much like fighting <laughs> like it, it felt kind of weird but mm-hmm. the choreography, I think, was good enough, and the way that it was shot was good enough uh, between Agent the new Agent Smith and Neo. I thought that was by the, and it was pretty brutal at the same time. I was like, okay, this is pretty good uh, between those two. So that would be my best best action sequence.
1: Yeah, it was it was actually really hard hitting and pretty intense uh, because uh, I think it incorporated and probably because you know, Keanu Reeves is a little bit older, mm-hmm. so it incorporated more. I guess, realistic choreography, but the way they kind of shot it made it seem like the, uh, the the blows that were landing were pretty brutal. And I kind of um, appreciated that whole thing because, you know, there are certain movies where, you know, the, the hand-to-hand combat kind of is not as great as it could have been. And it kind of affects like kind of the overall feel of the movie. But I I agree with you. This one was actually really well done, especially since it had big shoes to fill, especially uh, from past, uh, I guess, encounters between Neo and uh, original Agent Smith.
0: Yeah, I'm not, I don't think it really beats those original ones for sure. This is a little Mm -hmm. bit more generic on the more generic side, but because you don't get as much like, you don't really get the kung fu-ness of it. Or yeah. that that style that it's shot in, but it's still like a it's still a pretty good one. Like like you said, Keanu Reeves is getting up there in age. I think you can even tell like he was slowing down a bit in uh, John Wick Three. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but you know he still carries that that gravitas about him. So that's why I was like, appreciating that they made the the hits look harder in this action mm-hmm. sequence. Right, and
1: uh, I mean it. it it's it's just. It, it, it has a hard time. It, it, it's kind of it, it's like the whole Morpheus and Neo uh, training sequence had big shoes to fill, especially from the original, uh, uh, the original movie. Uh, and then you know I'm already thinking of one of the parts that I actually liked in Reloaded. When you get all the different Agent <laughs> Smiths going at um, at uh, at Neo, and mm-hmm. dude, it's just it, it's just chaos. You know, it's pretty cool uh, that they tr- they tried their best,
0: and it w- it actually worked for me as well. How did you feel about Jonathan Groff as the new Agent Smith, though? I was, I was curious about that. Because obviously, Hugo, you can't replace Hugo Weaving. But mm-hmm. Hugo Weaving is, you know, I don't know if he could uh, do the yeah. whole choreography now. <laughs> I could see, like, in that reality,
1: they were trying to um, cast him as, I guess, like kind of a dick, younger boss or whatever. And I could see that. But I feel like if they would have casted someone maybe a little bit older more along the lines of the original agent smith hugo weaving i think it would have played a little bit better but um because i, I could see what they were trying to do with you know that whole culture of a tech company or whatever a video mm-hmm. game company that's kind of like the demographic that you're kind of stuck with i, I guess because you won't see a hugo weaving running a, a a video game company at least i don't i can't picture it anyway yeah, that's true.
0: Yeah, I, I I get it, and I think Jonathan Groff did the best he could, but it's like mm, it, that's yeah. huge um, shoes to fill for sure.
1: I know, because you know Hugo Weaving has those eyebrows.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's true.
1: <laughs> oh man! Well, for me, uh, my winner for the Does anyone want to get Out award uh, for best action sequence is the the swarm at the end. Um, again, mm. I got John Wick vibes. It. Look, eventually, you know, after they left the coffee shop, it just looked like a futuristic zombie apocalypse. Especially when yeah. you know you got this, you know, like they're moving like pretty fast or whatever. And you know, when you get Trinity and Neo on the motorcycle, it's just, I, you know, you, I love motorcycle chasings Um, in I don't know, you just go to any one good one, like you know, the Mission Impossible ones or. Jason Bourne or whatever Mm. any one of them I just think motorcycles are just cool I would never Go on one because I'm (laughs) kind of a Pansy when it comes to that sort of thing but It just looks really cool And you know with Trinity driving uh, The motorcycle and eventually Avoiding those human bombs that I've never Seen anything like that and so Just to be able to kind of see Something new um, It looked kind of freaky and it was pretty Crazy I don't know it was I thought It was well done and you get a little bit of The whole John Wick vibe too
0: yeah, that was. I forgot that it was rated R really until uh, the people in like some of the buildings were like getting taken over, and then they start jumping out the windows and like ba- basically doing like suicide jumps trying to uh, oh. attack uh, Neo and Trinity. I was like, oh yeah, I forgot it's rated R. <laughs> it's like <laughs> yeah. holy crap! It's like this is brutal, dude. Um, yeah, that was a pretty good uh, action sequence too, just because freaking Neo like using his powers left and right in that scene too.
1: Yeah, I know. It was it was like a zombie
0: apocalypse
1: meets uh, Star Wars <laughs> uh, and meets John Wick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty crazy. Uh, so, Jeremy, let's get into our next award. Our next award is the Jensen Award for underrated character. But I also want to open it up um, to underrated scenes. So if you have both or either um, or yeah, go ahead and uh, award your Jensen Award.
0: You know, I have to – it's it's hard to start off the movie and you're not, like, with Trinity and Neo. So, I think my underrated character actually would be uh, Jessica Henwick's character, Bugs. Because out of the new cast, it's hard, honestly, to to try to lead off the movie. And she played a pretty, like, big role in mm-hmm. the movie. I was like, oh, shoot. This is so – I didn't know she would have that much screen time or this character would be that important. And I would like out of all the characters besides Neo and Trinity, I felt like she was like the most important character and the most interesting character. Cause uh, to me, the new Morpheus was more of like a really, really side character. If anything, uh, he didn't have like I, the actors. Great. Yes, uh, I agree. But they didn't, he wasn't, he didn't have as much of a like integral role as like, let's say the first movie where he was like really in the driver's seat and taking Neo along for a for a ride,
1: dude. I agree a hundred percent with everything you just said. First, uh, we'll go in order. Actually, you know, we'll go in reverse order since we were just ta- when you just talked about Yaya, I can't remember his last name. Uh, I just remember him from The Watchmen. He was so good in that. Anyway, um, with New Morpheus, it seemed like he was gonna have a big role in the beginning. You know, he was playing uh, who we thought was Agent Smith in Mm -hmm. the uh, the modal, and then it turns out I was like, oh, he's actually New Morpheus, and he was actually the one kind of emulating um, like like you know past experiences to kind of get Neo uh, familiar with the new Matrix that he was in, and then later on he just faded into the background. It was it was surprising to me that they Mm -hmm. did that to to his character, but um, to kind of go back to your Jessica Henwick, if I were to give. the award for underrated character, I completely agree with you. I was, I was very surprised at how much dialogue and how important she was to the story, and I love the fact that um, she it really was the first voice that we hear. It was like our entry point into Matrix uh, Resurrections, mm. and um, I don't think this is a hot take, but this is something that I'll just say right now because she does play a captain of a ship. She was a better Niobe than Jada Pinkett Smith ever was in any of the two. Because <laughs> I really did not like her character at all in Reloaded and in um, Revolutions. I, can I thought Bugs
0: was be- way better. I can see that for sure. <laughs> like uh, I get that because, and there—that's a hard uh, thing to do to stand next to Trinity and Neo mm-hmm. and still kind of you know be able to stand out. Yeah. And you know what? An underrated uh thing. Yeah,
1: actually I was I was tempted to hand out the uh best stunt award uh <laughs> for for this movie. Mm-hmm. I, I think her opening stunt when she leaps off and then she uses like the lights
0: and stuff um oh, yeah. to kind of think, dude, I thought that was a pretty sick shot. That was pretty good. That that opening sequence is like it's a good way to start the movie. Because you're mixing like the new with the nostalgia and adding some new stuff. So it's uh that's a good way to open the movie, but then after that, it like I guess the biggest downfall possibly of the character of Bugs would probably be because she also carries a lot of the exposition too. Yeah. That's yeah. that's the hard part of that character. Because obviously supporting characters throw a lot of the exposition and that's where the movie kind of falters also. Yeah. The the writing was not great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, uh like and the pacing was not, yeah. it's like you can definitely tell when it comes to a grinding halt. Yes. In a movie, it's like, uh, time to, honestly, uh, to be real, I got up during the movie to buy more snacks. That I never <laughs> do that. I never yeah. do that. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, you know, defi- I can definitely
1: <laughs> see that for sure. Oh, man. Yeah. I, um, I had to pause a couple times to go to the bathroom. It is a lo- pretty long movie, too. So, uh, but with bugs, I did, I did feel like um, she did an admiral job. I mean, for me, I, I've always loved Jessica Henwick, uh, even in a very small minor role uh, in Game of Thrones. And I never got around to watching Iron Fist, but I hear good things about her, um, I guess, her character. Because I think that was like literally the only thing that made Iron Fist actually watchable, I hear. So uh, Jessica Henwick has always been a favorite of mine. So yeah, hella... Bias, but whatever. Uh, I will actually give out my instant Award for an underrated scene, and we kind of touched about it, uh, touched on it earlier. It's that whole White Rabbit montage, you know, where the, the song is playing mm. kind of in the background, and they're actually talking about, like, the video game development part, <laughs> yeah. and they're... It, like, the whole dialogue scene is hella meta, uh, where they're just talking about creating Matrix for the video game, and yep. then they're just dropping, like, double, I guess, double entendres on you know, related to the movie versus what's going on in the movie for the game. I <laughs> I like that whole thing. Uh, you know, it's been a while since we've mentioned it. But in the begin- very beginning of this podcast, in the earlier episodes, we were talking about how we love montages. And it's been a while since I've actually mentioned it. But that m- montage directly segues into the first extended interaction between Neo and Trinity. Uh, dude, I got nostalgic mm. when they were talking – when. when they were just talking at Simulate and when Trinity was asking Neo, it's like, Oh, was your, was the main characters, you know, did you draw inspiration from your own experiences? And I was like, and then they're showing like the, the past scenes and stuff from uh, Neo from the original trilogy. And then when she asked, it's like, well, was there any inspiration for Trinity? And obviously, you know, he, he's, you know, they're talking about, trinity versus tiffany at the time and yeah. i was like oh my god i got the feels man it was so good that whole sequence of events even though they're k- kind of not really related but it was just that one block in the movie that i got um matrix
0: uh nostalgia yeah that was definitely a standout scene just because you see them to reunite mm. on screen again and it, and just the fact that they cut away to like the old scenes too It's just like ah oh, dang it's been that long.
1: <laughs> I know, because you know, obviously, like in the whole trilogy, it it was one of the things that they emphasized emphasized towards the end of the first movie about Trinity actually falling in love with Neo, mm-hmm. and you get to see that play out in the uh, in, in the last two films of the original trilogy, and you got to see you get to remember like that whole, the the whole uh, kind of love story, if there
0: ever was one, <laughs> with <Yeah. laughs> the Matrix uh, universe, you know. Yeah, they definitely. That was definitely the backbone of this movie for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That relationship, oh, man.
1: and I think that's probably the reason why I enjoyed it more than I should have, <laughs> just because I, I, I really got invested in rewatching those two characters interact with each other again, and it was like them seeing each other for the first time in well, twenty years, almost eighteen years, like literally. So, mm-hmm. so good. Anyway, our next award is the Why is Gamora Award for Favorite Quote. And so, Jeremy, I, I feel like there was a lot of meta comments. Do you want to actually go ahead and pick a meta com, uh, comment or even just a really, f- you know,
0: just a comment that you did like, a quote? I, I think I'll, I'll throw out a quick one, real quick. It's like, I don't, uh, someone asked Neo, like, towards the very end, right before or right after they were fighting in the the coffee shop. It's like, I don't suppose you can still fly. Then... <laughs> i was like oh yeah he can fly i forgot and then yeah. he tries like very like weakly. <laughs> it's like it's like i love i love the sound effect i don't know if you uh
1: men remember there's a little subtle su- sound effect where it's like it starts to build up and then it, it kind of breaks down
0: it was pretty yeah. good. <laughs> he's like yeah that's not happening i'm like freaking keanu man <laughs>
1: Oh, man, I got Superman vibes from like Smallville or any one of the uh I guess the the films where he's about to fly for the first time and
0: obviously he doesn't. It's so good. Yeah, that that's a quick one. Uh, but I wanted to say let's save mine just in case. My other one just in case. But yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, no. Go go ahead. I right. I have multiple ones, so go ahead. Right. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> just when uh, Mor- New Morpheus was offering the the new uh, or the red pill and blue pill again, and mm. it's like, "Oh, time to fly or whatever and he's just like fuck (laughs) (laughs) like i'm I'm like like, it's like ah this again (laughs) freaking red uh, red pill blue pill it's like "Ah, i felt that oh i did i felt that one too um
1: i'll here i'll mention a few of them uh well i'll get, get the quickest one out of the way first you mentioned it earlier the He's actually doing some moves like towards the, like, uh, not the last move, but then he goes like, and I was already thinking it. And then he actually says, it. it's like, I still know Kung Fu.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and just, just the way Keanu says it too. <laughs> I still know oh, okay.
1: Kung Fu. Oh my God. It was so good. The way he delivered that. Um, <laughs> you, you mentioned it earlier. The, another one that I met, uh, that I mentioned is the whole, Hey, uh, when Smith is talking to Neo, like in in their in the office, you know, we're still like under the impressions, like, oh, this new Smith is Neo's boss. And he's like, "Look, I'm sure you can understand why our beloved parent company, Warner Brothers, has decided to make a sequel to the truth." It was it was such a meta comment, I had to mention it um, uh, officially, even though you did allude to it. But the uh, the quote that I wanted to share for I guess my Why Is Gamora Award winner. Well, other than I still know, kung- <laughs> I still know kung fu uh, is the one where uh, you know you mentioned the whole red pill blue pill thing from uh, I guess that Morpheus offered to to uh, Neo. It mine is uh, actually earlier than that when Bugs is the one that's offering it to Morpheus. The you know he's offering the red pill or blue pill choice, and Morpheus goes. You call this a choice? And then Bugs kind of then recalls her own story of when she was made the same offer and that she was uh, she was to- being told that she was missing the point. And then Morpheus goes, what point? And then here's the quote. Bugs goes, the choice is an illusion. You already know what you have to do. And then Morpheus is looking at the red pill. He's like, truth. And I was like, oh, yeah, here we go. And I thought it was going to be like, really really good i mean and then
0: it was it was i <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what i'm saying like that first scene is like oh okay and then uh yeah, yeah it's get to that high again really <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: again i was like you said a lot of exposition a lot of pacing issues and interesting choices um that kind of bogged down this movie we'll get into like uh when we when we actually rate the movie why we rate it the way we did anyway next award the avengers assemble award one of our favorite ones because we get to talk about our favorite scene so jeremy
0: uh which scene is your avengers assemble award winner uh i'm gonna pick i'm gonna pick where the analyst and neo um like you, you reveal that he's what's the word? Neil, it's Neil Patrick Harris, and they're like in this slow motion bullet time thing, and obviously Neo's there to, you know, tell Trinity everything pretty much, right. yeah. but then it's like he gets slowed down, and it's like, oh dang, it, it was a super intense scene, and there was a lot happening in that in that scene too, a lot of exposition still, um, but it was still like. It's like, oh, come on, Neo, do something, you know, type of, type of
1: scene. Yeah, because it, it, it was crazy that uh, um, the analyst was moving in normal speed. And then uh Neo, who's, you know, known as the one, mm-hmm. is like literally stuck in bullet time or whatever. And he's still like kind of moving yet way slower. It was like, mm, like a thousand frames per second or something like that. It was pretty crazy Uh that he was just kind of just toying around with him. It was like, oh, damn,
0: the analyst is... More overpowered, I guess. Yeah, yeah, and like that's another casting, interesting casting choice. Uh, Neil Patrick Harris, because that's I felt like his um his persona of being like his therapist or psychiatrist, I guess more technically, because he prescribes drugs. Anyway, um, <laughs> that I thought that was a good casting choice in terms of that side of it. But uh-huh. I was like, oh, I don't know. I get the whole like you know villain. Side yes. of it, you know. So yes, it's a mixed uh casting choice. There, it's so like I got, I felt it when he was being the psychiatrist, but not necessarily the whole like um, the main big bad of this movie. Exactly.
1: I a hundred percent agree with everything, and that's actually one of the things I was alluding to about interesting choices. I I was not a huge fan. I uh, again, I agree that he he made a good, I guess, therapist type but as a big bad i would have here's a, an idea that i would have um that i would have used to cast uh that role tom hiddleston mm. would have been perfect well i think because he can play that whole uh therapist role maybe even a shorter haired version cuz you don't want dueling long hair
0: <laughs> between
1: uh, thing uh but then i would he he's a believable uh believable character where you know, he wants to get people kind of n- mind numbed in this blue pill thing. Is similar to like his uh, intentions in The Avengers in 2012, where it's like, oh, don't you not agree that you're you know, this is your natural state to want to just be uh, led or whatever? I thought I was like, oh shoot.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because I was I was thinking like, man, it's need someone maybe a little bit more versatile. Versatile, you know versatile. what I mean? Yeah. I would I would yeah. have gone like a, with a Oscar Isaac or something. Ooh, that would be a good one too. So, yeah. cause I don't know, I feel like he could pull it off too.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And uh, I mean that perfectly segues into my winner, the Avengers Assemble award favorite scene. It's the uh, it's the coffee so- uh, coffee shop scene because, well, I had my problems again with the setup because I wasn't a big fan of Neil Patrick Harris and <laughs> there was a lot of a thing. I mean, it's yeah. just the second part of that scene that you were talking about where I oh, mean a lot of exposition again. And then you, uh, within the scene also, you get the whole uh, Agent Smith kind of face turn, yeah. <laughs> which so- is out of nowhere. And I don't know if that made complete sense. Yeah. So we'll definitely... I don't know. It's it, it was a little messy. But within that whole scene, you get the whole nostalgia factor, Neo and Trinity, Trinity's awakening. Oh, my goodness. We were like, mm. oh, is she really going to leave? I didn't think she was. But yeah. I was like, okay, what will trigger it? <laughs> and then the whole neo and then the trinity like oh and then everything just just all mayhem breaks loose and um and it was pretty cool to see like that many people within a confined space and yeah. all the chaos that kind of ensues after that and the that you know they get the whole action scene and everything it's just the whole neo trinity thing that just made this movie like it as much as it as i should (laughs) have
0: yeah because i also agree like i did like when they were in the future Mm -hmm. um i did like those scenes but they were very exposition heavy at the same time yeah um but in terms of the the present day scenes Mm -hmm. quote unquote uh, the coffee shop scenes are like the standout like when neo and trinity meet for the first time and then that scene where Mm -hmm. all hell breaks loose pretty much i thought the coffee shop scenes were were good, yeah.
1: And even your scene for thing when when you know he's trying to warn her or trying to get
0: you know try to bust her out of basically, the whole reality. Basically, whenever Keanu is actually doing something, because honestly, I felt like he was kind he was kind of just there. Yeah, like throughout the whole movie, I'm like, oh great, Neo's confused again. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's, um, I was kind of sad in terms of how much. Um, he was not able to do in this movie, it f- kind of just felt like he was just there, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: but I mean, obviously, you can't bust true love apparently between mm-hmm. Neo and Trinity, and so, um, I'm not surprised that we picked those two because it was just centered around those two. So, anyway, um, Guest Around Tomato Score is our next mm-hmm. segment. It's it's tightening up, you know. I had a pretty sizable lead, I think I was up by four, it's now lead has been cut in half. It's currently 10 to 8, according to my records. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? 10 to 8? 10 to 8? I think it's 10 to 8. Yeah, 10 to 8. I'm up. There's only a few more movies. And so, oh, man, I think this is a huge week, whether we're going down the, uh, yeah, to like the wire uh, for the season three title, or, you know, obviously if I take the point,
0: it it'll be huge for me winning my first title ever. So basically, it's like if I win this, then I can possibly still win you yeah but no, you have a legit shot so this is kind of make or break yeah. almost mm-hmm. for sure
1: so pivotal week for guess, guessing the rotten tomato score we're gonna guess uh what the score is none of us know what it is uh we actually write it down we don't know what we're gonna say and we're about to gonna we're gonna look it up on uh i guess live on this on this podcast so jeremy for the matrix resurrections what's your guess
0: Oh man, I'm I'm hoping I, I'm not guessing too high. Uh, thirty-eight percent. Whoa, my goodness! So definitely not fresh. <laughs> De- yeah, definitely not fresh. Thirty-eight percent. Wow. Yeah.
1: Okay. Oh my goodness! This is uh probably one of the bigger variances that we've had. Mm-hmm. I was more optimistic. I thought this was more borderline fresh. I'm guessing sixty-five percent. 65 oh okay
0: okay so i'm gonna look it up right now dang i might need a calculator <laughs> <laughs> and
1: with a tomato meter of oh my god
0: 65 percent holy we don't need crap ca- <laughs> really <laughs> oh my god. holy crap is that high holy crap
1: oh my goodness
0: wait 65 so it's actually like a fresh It's fresh. Oh, crap.
1: Yeah. And I don't know. Like, when you said 38%, I was like, oh, my goodness. It might be, like, somewhere in the middle of, because obviously I knew (laughs) what my guess was. I was like, oh, my goodness. I I didn't know. I didn't think I was going to guess it exactly right. But Mm. I thought it would be kind of borderline, like, just below fresh or just above it. But I was like, "Damn!" But, yeah. So, the updated score now. With, I don't know how many weeks left, maybe four or five weeks left.
0: It's 11 to eight. 11 to eight. Shoot. Dang, I didn't know you got it spot on too. I, I did, I'm i surprised this movie actually got it. I would have thought the highest would be like maybe 50, high 50s, honestly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that's what I was thinking too. I was like, okay, do I want to be more optimistic? And I I, I felt like, the, uh, the nostalgia factor made me guess above the 60 um, thing. I was just like, eh, mm. kind of a round, roundish number 65. Wow. Okay. I'm almost hyperventilating. I don't know what to do <laughs> uh, with myself other than to introduce our last award, the I Love You 3000 award, where we rate the movie, uh, The Matrix Resurrections, uh, a rating between 1 and 3,000. So Jeremy, how would you rate this movie? It sounds like I liked it more than you did.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was kind of falling asleep during the movie, honestly. Yeah, um, there are it. some things I, I feel like I need a reset for my ratings, honestly. Like, if I could go back and rate Fast 9, I would probably give it like a 15 out of 100. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a 9 for Maybe. F9. <laughs> Seriously, like something like that. Yeah. Um, So I'm going to, you know, start, I'm going to do it right here. 2022. 2022. New year, new rating system, right? Yeah, new rating system. I'm resurrecting myself right here. (laughs) Let's just say this movie was not breathtaking, (laughs) as Mm -hmm. uh, Keanu would say. Uh, I'm just going to go with uh, a 1,500 out of 3,000. So Mm. uh, even 50%. Okay. (laughs) You know, start the new year. Baseline right there. <laughs> I could see that. So we'll basically, <laughs> we're
1: gonna, we might, still, we might rename this the Matrix Resurrection Award. No, I'm just kidding.
0: We won't. Because <laughs> this movie was com- a, a complete mixed bag for me. There was like yeah. every other thing that would happen. It's like, oh, I like that. Oh, I don't like that. Oh, I like that. It's like it's, it kept mm. happening that, uh, it kept happening that way during this movie. So literally a 50% movie, half and half.
1: I completely agree with your I guess uh line of thinking because there was a it was a huge mixed bag. But I think for me the uh I guess the good parts of it shi- uh, outshine the bad stuff a little bit more just because of that nostalgia factor. Uh I love the first Matrix uh, every so often I'll just watch it just because uh I just come across it even though now it's starting to look a little bit dated. Um I just I, I just love the callbacks. And I know that's kind of cheating when it comes to filmmaking because you're just basically just kinda drawing off of past successes. But for me, I would rate it a 2052, 68.4%. Um again a mixed bag, but I just love uh the neon and Trinity scenes a lot. Even just the dialogue scenes is just brought back the feels for me.
0: I get that, man. I mean, I like freaking terminator genesis so <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah and uh i mean if i have to rank it it's still i mean it's not saying much it is my second favorite matrix movie because <laughs> ooh, man those uh the second and third movies were rough for me anyway let's move on to
0: next week uh jeremy which movie are we watching next week so next week, we're going to be following two astronomers that must go on a giant media tour to warn mankind of an approaching comet that will destroy planet Earth in Don't Look Up, starring Leonardo DiCaprio and um, Jennifer Lawrence. At first, when I was watched the trailer of this movie, I was like, ooh, it's like Armageddon, <laughs> but like about the people on the ground, <laughs> pretty much. Mm-hmm. I was like, uh... And then it's more of like a satire comedy movie, too. So it's an interesting one. It's, gonna, it's on Netflix right now. So uh, if you want to watch it on Netflix, I think it's I, I feel like it's doing pretty well on there in, in terms of like word of mouth also.
1: Oh, OK. Yeah, I actually haven't seen it yet. I actually haven't really watched too many of the trailers so I'm kind of going in kind of cold turkey, uh, not expecting much. So that may factor in me liking it more or me hating it more. Yeah. <laughs> it'll be that first initial, uh, why do, Why does this movie exist? Or, man, this movie is the best movie ever. Maybe.
0: Uh, we'll see. It's also directed by uh, Adam McKay, who did The Big Short. So oh, okay. you'll definitely, if you watch The Big Short, then you'll get the same kind of, um style
1: Mm, okay and have you seen it yet i'm just kind of curious i've seen it oh you have okay i haven't seen it yet so uh obviously it's homework that i need uh for next week and so i'm definitely looking forward to it Uh, it looks like it has a really good cast um beyond uh leo and and jen lawrence and so i'm definitely looking forward to it so for the upcoming week i know this is a brand new year um do you have anything to plug for the upcoming week
0: yeah. Uh, follow me on Instagram at JP underscore flicks. I'm still working on my little project thing. It's slow, slow moving right now. It's a lot of tedious work, but it's, it's still going. So I'll, um, try to update you guys on the social medias, both on Twitter and Instagram, uh, for that. Mm, okay.
1: Well, I got an update on my, uh, on my project, but first before I do that, Uh, If you want to follow me on Twitter and Instagram, those are the two main social medias that I'm active on. You can follow me at FreeKenA for both Jeremy's uh, handle and for mine. You can see the uh, spelling in the episode notes. We'll try to link uh, all of that stuff there. Uh, As for my project, uh, I probably won't really um, advertise it too much on social media. I'll probably keep it to kind of just this little podcast that we have going on. I actually just started a personal blog. Um, I'm trying to um, re-kindle my love for writing. And who knows where it will, I guess, go. But I feel like it's it's something that I've always wanted to do. I just haven't made the time to actually do it. And uh, kind of on a whim, last weekend, I created a site real quick, started it. I've been writing every day. Um, So my goal for 2022 is to actually have a a blog post every day, one a day. Mm. So if you kind of want a little bit of insight into my own psyche, I mean, I won't air out dirty laundry or anything like that, but I'll actually be talking about TV shows, movies that I've been watching that I probably won't mention on here, um, among other things. Uh, You'll see some random reviews, quick reviews of stuff that I am going to be uh, talking about. So the blog site, it's easy to remember. It's kenrseo.com. I'll link it in the episode notes and uh, definitely check out the blog. Um, Get a little bit of a inside look into to me and I guess a little bit of the podcast. All right, uh, Jeremy. So uh, before we close out the episode, any final thoughts on the Matrix Resurrections?
0: Ooh, definitely a lot of potential going into this movie, especially, I felt like there was so much nostalgia at the end of 2021 with, at least for me, with Spider-Man, Halo, Mm -hmm. Matrix. It's like all that stuff and out of the three, it's like, it it sucks how Matrix has to be like the disappointing one out of the, out of the three. So it's like, it had so much potential. Especially because they got everyone back for for it. And Mm -hmm. it kind of sucks that Matrix still couldn't resurrect itself. Mm,
1: mm. Okay, let me ask you this. Because towards the end of the the movie, they were basically hinting that there's going to be a sequel. Mm. So, would you be looking forward to a sequel?
0: Personally, I would be looking forward to a sequel. Do I think a sequel is going to happen? I don't think so. Because I think it was... Pretty expensive to make this movie. Surprisingly, mm. yeah. I felt like stylistically they should have leaned more into like how the older movies were. I felt like it was a bit more generic, mm. um, but I would I would be I'd still be down to see like these characters return and uh, have the Matrix try to keep going because even for me like uh, oh when people say oh the Terminator franchise is dead I'm like no we gotta keep going we gotta keep trying. <laughs> yeah. um just until some it just has to someone has to make it good and so if they're gonna try again try to make it better um i'm always down for that but do i think it's gonna happen i don't think so at least not anytime soon
1: Mm, okay i could see that definitely happening for me i would look for uh look forward to a sequel one obviously i liked it a little bit more than you did But two, I felt like this movie had a a, kind of a burden to be able to kind of set up another, like the next iteration potentially of what uh, another trilogy would look like. And it had the unenviable task of trying to link the the past trilogy and kind of uh, reestablish this new world. So I think if they focus on, uh, you know, like whatever the new storyline would be moving forward and kind of ease up on the, the exposition and have it better paced and, you know, um, have like a coherent storyline instead of it being so convoluted, then I think it has a chance of doing well. Uh, but we'll see just because, yeah, we know that it bombed at the box office and with COVID not, helping out but maybe if it turns into like a, a summer movie i think uh where where i guess covid really isn't as much of a factor usually uh in in the warmer months mm-hmm. then it, it might have a shot but we'll see uh again i'm a little skeptical that it'll happen just like yourself
0: yeah especially because spider and no way home just killed it man
1: <laughs> exactly so there's that potential so um again from uh, from all of us here at the weekly real podcast, really just me and Jeremy, uh, we want to <laughs> wish you a happy new year, a happy 2022, uh, nothing but the best. Um, and so from the Catrix, I just wanted to mention at the end, did you see the post credit scene? Yeah, I did. The it cat was, tricks. Eh, yeah, it oh was very God. cringy, it but was. I wanted to mention it because, you know, Jeremy does have a cat. So on behalf of Laura, jeremy and me here at the weekly real podcast we want to wish you a happy new year from the real